It's time to get the latest tips and tricks on what to do with your videos and your graphics in your Facebook ads. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, every single month we focus on a different marketing method. Could be email, SEO, or this month, Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing method work for you. We've recently had a lovely five-star review left for us on UK's Apple podcast, which says... It's so refreshing to find a marketing podcast that cuts through all the noise and just gives you what you need. Chloe and her guests really know their stuff and their easily actionable recommendations have helped transform my own marketing methods. Recommended. Well, Punk Core M, thank you so much for leaving us that review. I really do appreciate it. And it is so cool to hear you've used what you've heard to improve your marketing as well, because that's what we're here to do. Well, as I said, this month is all about Facebook ads and we are focusing throughout the month on how to improve your ads, the text, the message, the image, the videos, rather than targeting, because that's what's currently offering you a lot more opportunity than tweaking your targeting. There is a lot more to be gained by improving your creative than there is in tweaking your audiences. So that's why we're focusing on that. In today's episode, we're doing the video and image stuff. Yes, we've got a guest with phenomenal credentials in this area. Just wait for the amazing list of brands he's worked with. Um, and he's going to be taking us through the latest things that are working with videos and images and providing a lot of tips on how to make them work harder for you whilst also kind of saving you time and effort. I realize that's a bit of a juxtaposition, but it really is true. So prepare for some amazing advice and that, well, quite frankly, amazing advice that's going to help you improve your Facebook ad performance this year and probably beyond too. We're going to meet him in a moment, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Facebook ads expert, Ben Ryder. Ben is head of creative at Nest and previously content specialist at Lululemon. Ben's helped make Nest one of only a handful of agencies awarded top tier Facebook partner status, awarded because they're that good at managing your ads. With a client list including Huel, Papier, Me and M and Ted Baker, I'm really looking forward to learning the latest tips and tricks from Ben. Hello, Ben. Hi, how's it going? It's good. It's great to have you here. Thank you for sparing the time to come and uh, come and spread some some insight amongst our audience. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, how did you how did you get into Facebook ads? 
Yeah, so it's, I, I think I've got a bit of a weird journey. Like I didn't necessarily always set out to work in Facebook ads. Um, I always wanted to be a film director uh, and I worked in the film industry, kind of started my career working on some kind of big Hollywood movies that were being produced in the UK, uh, like Les Miserables, uh, Bridget Jones's Baby, The Theory of Everything. And kind of in between the films, I was kind of shooting short films and little corporate things and kind of writing a lot and kind of making my way as a little filmmaker. But I don't know if you know anyone who works in the film industry. It's it's pretty relentless. And um, it got to a point after about four or five years that I just kind of wasn't really getting anywhere. And I was really kind of, I guess, burnt out is probably the word. So I kind of took a step back and wanted to explore other options. And while I was doing that, I started writing a blog. Um, I'm a really passionate cyclist. And it was kind of about my like cycling adventures, I guess. So it was not connected to anything. But I started getting really into creating things where you could see the the impact of them and the changes you could make creatively. And it was only a tiny blog, but you could already see like the difference of headlines or difference of images and things like that. And that led me to a job at an agency that did social change. So we were basically working on all of the bad things that the internet and social media has created. We were using kind of digital marketing approaches to counter that which is great because it kind of gave me a healthy cynicism about um, <laughs> Facebook um, and probably like an interrogative sense to like, what are we actually trying to do? How do we actually analyze this? Which I guess was my biggest learning. And then from there, um, I moved to Lululemon, which is a huge athleisure brand. Uh, and I was kind of creating their both paid and organic content for Europe and kind of did that joined just before the pandemic and kind of stayed there during uh, the pandemic. And I guess um, I learned so much and produced a lot of different types of content. And it kind of really tapped into that thing that had been brewing all along of just like creative insight and what you can do with that and like learning about different approaches and, and things like that. So when the opportunity came to kind of set up the creative team at Nest, I kind of jumped at it and then you know, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing now and building our team. And, and a lot of it's kind of tapped into that kind of curiosity around having a creative approach, but also just like answering lots of questions. And I think that's ultimately what has led me to Facebook, I guess, is it's the ultimate kind of creative curiosity tool. And that's why I kind of get excited about it. And it's kind of like the exact... But the, you know, they're almost like the film industry and the face Facebook ad creation are the two ends of a continuum of how close you get between the results and customer feedback compared to the production process you know because a film can be what in three or four years of production before an audience actually sees it and you actually get any feedback and all that money and time and effort gets put into it and it's just a hope and a prayer that we all got it right whereas facebook ads you know from day you know i think everybody approaches facebook ads with a everyone should approach Facebook ads with a, this is a punt. This is a test. Let's see what happens and we'll evolve. It's never that, that perfect artist vision, I suppose. I mean, you, you obviously know the contrast between the two. Would you agree with that or have I oversimplified? No, absolutely. And like one of, I would say one of the biggest issues often with creativity um, is ego. And, you know, I think with kind of performance focused creative, you take out that ego because you're always creating for, you know, testing, you, you know, anything could be right, anything could be wrong. And you kind of let the results decide rather than saying, I am the almighty knowledgeable one and my decision will be the right thing. And that's the only way to do it. 
and even like you know that's still what some people think you know marketing should be but i think that's the the change that has happened is you changing from like one person saying this is the right way to do it to actually going well i don't know what the right way to do it is let's try a few ways i think it's a bit like you know the whole the fallacy that is the overnight success story is the same as the fallacy of the marketing genius of the past who just amazingly came up with this amazing ad out of nowhere and made it perfect. Because actually all the great ad men of the past and ad women of the past, they evolved things and things went through testing. It wasn't that they just sat down one day and drew out a magazine ad and all of a sudden sold a million copies uh, or a million pieces or whatever it was. There has to be that lack, enough ego in your own abilities, but not ego in individual designs, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If we could go into that, we're about to get highly, highly philosophical. And what everyone's really tuned in for is to find out what to actually do with their Facebook ad creative. Um, you're here to to kind of do the the deep dive into the video and the graphics part of our Facebook ad. So why is it so important for us to increase our focus on this side of our Facebook ads this year? Well, I think Meta themselves say that 56% of the effectiveness of an ad is down to the creative. And I think that is probably 18 months old, that stat that I've just plucked out of somewhere. And, you know, as we've seen more and more, like video is the kind of primary way in which we consume social media. Um, so, yeah, video is it's so important. And I think it's like, it captures the attention much quicker. It mirrors the way that people consume those platforms as well. And I think that's why it's important, you know, like the ads have to sit within that environment. And if they're not matching the way that people behave, then they won't necessarily work. So I said video and graphics, you're kind of honing in there on video. Is that because right now video is the must do in your ad campaigns is there any argument for not doing video yeah i would no i think that's probably <laughs> the wrong thing to say i think like ultimately you want to have a real creative variety like we would recommend at nest you know you want to have video ads you want to have uh, static ads you want to have uh, dpa ads you want to have like using all these formats and you want to allow the facebook algorithm to kind of serve those to lots of different people and see which one works best, basically. So I think over-indexing on one particular format is not the right approach. But the principles of like video and graphics on Facebook, I guess, are similar in that you've got to capture attention, you've got to get the message across, and you know, you've got to stand out in what is a very crowded experience. Cool. So guys listening from now on, you can kind of assume we're talking about video and graphics, although we probably will only refer to one or the other. We, we might just use the highly frustrating term creative. Um, very quickly, Ben, you just said DPA ads. Could you quickly explain for anyone who's currently going, what does DPA mean? What it means, please. Uh, so it's a dynamic product ad. So effectively, it's those horrible looking, and I say this from a creative standpoint uh <laughs> white uh background facebook ads that pull from a advertiser's product feed and showcase what is facebook's assumption on the best product to serve that person and they're incredibly successful um they're a huge part of our kind of strategy at, at nest and actually like we do do a lot with the creative of them there's still a lot of fun you can do with them and like i know that a lot of our clients and me as well see like a product ad 
with like the white background on the product and kind of some part of us our soul somewhat dies that that's the thing that people are seeing from the customer but actually um there is We've stuff just you can gone do back to the ego again haven't we <laughs> yeah I know. um because they work yeah you're right um but no we we do um you know we, they're called frames they don't have to be a frame but they're a really nice way where you kind of add overlays into that feed and it can have kind of messaging on it can have just the logo it can have discounts it can have other things and it's actually a really nice way to combine that product feed bring a bit of brand identity into it bring potentially you can use it for testing we use it a lot for messaging testing it's great for like sales as well so like it's part of our strategies and it, it drives a lot of performance but there's things you can do to kind of make it nice from a creative standpoint as well cool some lovely little extra kind of almost bonus tips in there thank you ben um we know that we need to do more video more graphics and get and put more effort into them you mentioned that we need to build in attention, uh, we need to build in message, we need to stand out. How do we go about doing that? What are the things we should be building into or paying attention to as we create our graphics and our videos at the moment? I think because of my background in filmmaking, I got given one tip of advice, basically, which I've been given more tips, but like one tip that really stands out and actually has always really helped me in terms of delivering creative and it's this concept of um the car radio test which allegedly was something that music producers in the 70s did where they would make epic albums in the studio and it would have a mix here and a layer there and like lots of different volumes and all these things and then they'd go and listen to it in a crappy car radio because did all that work in the crappy car radio and i think a lot of people are creating ads for paid social that they're made for their they're making them on a big computer screen. They're showcasing them in a presentation and, and you know, it's not actually the format where people are seeing it on their phone. They're busy, they're, there's noises, they're on the train, the signal's bad, the brightness is down. So like, how can you create for that? The first thing is like the opening three seconds is like, it's, you know, I don't think I'm telling anyone anything new there, but like, that's a key thing. But within that, like, what can you do? I think engaging motion with video is like huge so like how can you open with an engaging shot it could be like a splash of water it could be like i saw an ad for a it's actually one of my favorite examples to share but like and i didn't work on it but it's a, a sofa brand where their sofas are like that you they're unspillable i think is the word i don't know if that's the word but this ad opens with water landing on the sofa and you just see it and you go oh my god like someone's spilt on their sofa and that's your kind of subconscious thing and it drags you in and you can you know there's no right answer for a brand because you know what a pet food brand's engaging opening shot is is slightly different to our high-end fashion brand but it's about thinking about what that can be and beyond the opening three seconds we see a lot of impact of bright colors that's a huge thing to think of um how can you use bright colors whether that's bright colored product brightly colored text like borders anything like that that brings out the color that just catches the attention um interestingly we want to run a test with one of our clients where we did the same ad with a black jacket and the same ad with an orange jacket exactly the same photo more or less and the orange jacket performed like significantly more uh, significantly better and people weren't in the end buying the orange jacket you know but it it was like it caught the attention and you know it got people into the ad and and through on that journey so i would say like if i was to give to people two pieces of advice it would be think about the three seconds how you can make that engaging and, and there isn't a right answer 
And then also like, how can you make it brighter and, and add in colors, which doesn't always work with all brands and all products, but you know, there's definitely things most people could do there. It's an interesting one, that color piece, you know, that, that they aren't buying the orange jacket, but that it's what's pulling them in. Because I remember having a, a long discussion, gosh, maybe a decade ago with a furniture retailer, you know, one of these big out of town, massive furniture stores. And they said, everyone always buys the beige or the brown furniture, but in the catalogs and in the marketing, we have to put the red and the green and the blue and the turquoise, which totally goes against everything I learned as a catalog marketer when I started my career, which was how much, how many units it's going to sell determines where you put everything. And that's the same, you know, if you're merchandising a website, you put the best sellers at the top, which is probably the black coat, not the orange coat. But You've got to think, you, so you can't just look at your bestseller list and go, right, our bestseller, that's what I'm putting in the ads. For some brands, that will work, but not everybody, which I guess is why we have to endlessly test. Yeah, exactly. And like, I I mean, I have quite a loud wardrobe anyway. So people, when I do these presentations and I tell them that, they don't necessarily, they think it's just my personal taste, but we always test these things. And as I say, bright colors are a really simple way to add value. Super easy. Loving loving that tip. And of course, I suppose what, what you could do is you could take a video you've already got that's working well and you could change the banner from a black banner with white text to a bright red banner or a bright blue banner. So it can be quite an easy, it could be quite an easy thing for people to incorporate in their running ads right now. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's something that we look at doing. It's like uh, iterating on, you know, top performing creative and adding those colors in as well. So. I suppose we kind of stumbled into an important area here, which there's never enough time. There's never enough budget. But of course, if you're testing it, we're not talking about testing a totally different video every time. You can re-edit, you can tweak, you can change the coloring, change the overlays. Should 20% of our videos be new videos that we're testing and 80% be reworkings? What does it look like? Because obviously we need some kind of freshness there, but I'm waffling now, Ben, help me. No, I mean, I... <laughs> I, I don't know what other people answer on your podcast. Like, I don't think there's like a right way for like, I can say for every client uh, or every brand or every, you know, advertiser and, you know, it varies. And, you know, I'm often asked this question, like how much should we be doing in terms of this and this and this? And like, ultimately a big driver of that is how much you're spending. So if you're spending a lot, um, ads will fatigue quicker. So you need to kind of refresh that volume like more quickly. Um, but like, you don't necessarily have to be shooting these engage like hugely epic brand campaign videos all the time. You know, we see that we kind of built a lot of what the work we do in their studio, which is the Nest creative team is kind of repurposing and optimizing existing ads and kind of rehashing them and re-editing them, whether that's the opening or changing the messaging completely. And so like, I think the the right answer to that question is you have to test and find out. And I think a lot of people are put off by the, when I, when I say you need to have video in your ads, I think a lot of people are put off by like, oh, I've got to do this campaign shoot with lots of videos and the videographers cost loads of money and you know, we're going to need a sound man and a lighting person and, you know, what, all these things when actually if you've got a load of phot photography, there's a lot you can do there with video. Um, and that's actually a really simple way you can add value is like creating video edits from your photos. Yeah. So we don't have to go out and organize a film crew. We can just a series of product shots with some music, voiceover, et cetera, et cetera, which is a much, much, much easier than a much more tweakable than trying trying to create the perfect filmed video ad, I suppose. Yeah, and just to, just to build on that, I was just going to say that 
the really smart kind of creative advertisers on you know meta are ensuring that when they do do a shoot they know what they're shooting works from a testing perspective so you can use photography to build out kind of short testing concepts and kind of iterate on those and build out something to know that what you're shooting is somewhat tried and tested like whether it's the opening or like what products to lead with or the kind of messaging angles or the emotive hooks or whatever you can test that through statics and you can test that through motion on statics so that when you employ the full crew you kind of know that that's where you're going and and hopefully that will translate to success so going back to our red and orange our black and where did red come from our black and orange coat you do that as a static is the orange or the black performing better the orange is better that's what we'll put the model in for the actual proper sheet so which is an all which is an excellent tip um so thank you for for putting that one in there ben um we've been talking about creative we've mentioned in the abstract the text you've mentioned how you need to think about the video and the ad in context not uh, not on your big computer screen but where it's going to where the consumer is actually going to absorb it now of course they're not just seeing the video or the graphic when they're doing that. They're also seeing the text that's in the ad around it. And there's probably some text on the video as well. So how much do you think about that part of it, the rest of the ad, I suppose, and kind of tumbled in with that in an ugly way by me in this question is, and how much text do you put in the actual video itself and work on that? Yeah, it's a really good question. And again, different for every uh, advertiser, but like, I think one of the things that, was a big learning for me and that actually we've tested and seen the impact of is that whereas with other kind of, I guess, art forms or kind of mediums, juxtaposition works. So, you know, you could have the image and the text saying different things with kind of paid social creative because of all these factors of like people aren't really listening or they're not watching or they're not engaged and there's stuff going on, that juxtaposition doesn't play and it doesn't work. So you have to kind of, double the image with the text on top. So we do a lot of work where we have a shot of zipped pockets or something and it'll say zippable pockets. And it's like super simple. And sometimes people think it's over the top, but it just reinforces the message of what you're trying to get across. And I think, you know, generally I would say if you can use text overlays to kind of reinforce something that you're trying to get across, it will, it will have a bigger impact um, in terms of kind of getting that messaging across. So definitely think about the text and I guess keep it simple. Don't try and be clever. All oh, this is mysterious and clever. No, zip, it's a picture of a zippable pocket. We're going to say it's a zippable pocket on the video. And then we're also going to put in the copy, the pockets are zippable. It's kind of that blindingly obvious. <laughs> keep it blindingly obvious. Um, and the only, thing, the only thing I would say that would maybe take that to another level is if you can make it kind of somewhat humorous or tapping into your audience in some way, that is another way of doing it as well. But kind of mystique and mysteriousness doesn't necessarily play in this kind of medium. So you could have something silly in the pocket that's being zipped in there, but don't go all kind of Kafkaesque or something on us. We're going to keep it simple. Um, okay, Ben, we've discovered, we've, we've chatted through a lot of the key things about video and graphics. Is there anything we've missed or any last tip on this specific area you want to give the audience? You know, I think testing is, you know, we've talked, we've used the word testing a few times now. We haven't necessarily kind of tapped into it, but 
that's the best way to to improve your creative and learn because I can sit here and say bright colors are best, but that might actually not be the case for your your brand and you won't know that unless you test. And I think when you look into testing, you know, there's kind of three approaches to testing. There's like people who don't do any testing, people who think that they're testing really well and then people who are testing really well. And I think that the a lot of the time the people who think they're testing really well and aren't are either doing way too much or way too little. And so they'll do a test. So they'll do one test and they'll be like, right, that's it for the year. Done. We know everything. <laughs> um, and like, actually you want to be kind of taking what you've learned and building on it and, and learning over time. And then the other end of that spectrum is people who are just like, we need to test everything all at once, like put it all out there, like throw it all against the wall and see what happens. And I think that's where, you know, we, we at Nest are kind of much more structured and we try and put the testing into us. Well, we do put the testing into a structured roadmap and we're constantly learning. And I guess it's that thing of, if you go back to my point around kind of curiosity around creative, I think the over-testing approach, you're not really asking a question. You're just going, let's test everything. Whereas the kind of structured approach is, let's ask a question each time. And then that actually makes the insights really easy. I've had situations in like previous roles where you're trying to pull insights from testing where you didn't really know what you were really trying to find in the first place. Whereas now it's much more structured and I know, well, if one's better, I know that that's answered the question. And if it doesn't work, that's answered the question as well. And so I think that that approach to testing of like, have a really clear question in mind and be learning from that over time is probably the biggest thing you can do to improve your creative. I love that. One question at a time per test, which actually massively reduces the workload and makes it a lot easier to capitalize on the learnings as well, which um, is something we all need. Ease of life is definitely something we, we like. Um, right. Thank you very much for all of that, Ben. We are now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of Facebook ads. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Ben, so far we've gone deep into video and graphics. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole world of Facebook ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Facebook ads, which of course does include video and graphics. Ben, are you ready? Yes. Excellent answer. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think that with kind of creative these days, there isn't really, there's not really a barrier to entry. Everyone has so much technology on, at their disposal on a phone that if you're interested in creating things, you can do that. And I think for me, the kind of performance creative side and why I like what I'm doing and what kind of good performance creative people and people who are advertising online do is it's taking amazing creative 
and kind of learning from it. And you can do that. You don't need to have a brand. You can do, like, I kind of tapped on it when I had my cycling blog, but like, if you want to start like a sewing TikTok, do that. And like, what can you change about those TikToks? Or what can you change about your kind of cookery Instagram that you're making these things regularly and you're learning and you're testing and, and, and like, you will learn that by doing it. And I think in previous generations, I think it was harder to kind of test and experiment with things, but now like it's all at your disposal. And I think it doesn't necessarily have to be linked to what you want to work on, but you know, you can create things and you can learn from them and you can test them and, and, and improve over time. And I think that's probably the message I would get across is that, it, you know, it's in your hands to do that. I like that advice. Okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? Yeah. I mean, I feel I've touched on it briefly already, but like we often see that the opening three seconds is the best way to kind of iterate on things. So if something's been good and it starts to fatigue, we would look about like, how can we switch up those first three seconds? And that normally has the biggest impact because that's the first thing that people are seeing. And then also just kind of taking a step back. And I think a lot of the time people think that they are getting their message across. And I think, I mean, I certainly had it when I worked at Lululemon. You're so in the weeds of a brand that you forget that people don't know who you are. And like people might not know everything about your product and, and all that kind of thing. So it's something to think about with the creative. It's like, if you take a step back from this, do people actually understand what, it's for like do they understand your brand do they understand your product do they understand why they should buy it and i think that's probably the biggest way that you can improve creative performance because i think that people think that they're doing that but a lot of the time they're not so easy to get so familiar with your own brand you forget to tell people about it so so easy yeah that definitely stands for all channels i think and probably all of us um okay ben if someone listening wants to learn more is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend so i'm, I'm gonna offer a few i think the like the very obvious one for especially like facebook creative is ads library you know it's there it's free you can look at any brand you want to look at and see all the ads and i think that's great um and i think you can learn a lot from doing that the interesting thing is you don't know how those ads perform but that's a separate matter um you have have to assume the person who created the ad knew what they were doing <laughs> yeah exactly but like i think when you look at creativity you've got to kind of you know you can steal from ads library if you want but i think the real thing is like you need to be inspired from other sources and making sure you keep doing that can be some quirky things, different things. I am a massive fan of a guy called Dan Nelkin, who does a weekly email about creativity with some really good tips. He's, a, he's actually a copywriter, but it kind of ties into creative generally. And he's released a book, which isn't free, but uh, I'd recommend buying, which is the self-help guide for copywriters, which is really good around like creativity, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, writer's block, ideas block, all those things. And he's just, you know, he's very experienced about creating lots of things. And he's really, I would really recommend following him on LinkedIn and definitely getting his emails signed up. And then my final one is a a guy called Brendan at Semi Rad, and he's a kind of quirky writer who does a lot of running and a lot of his creative is around running. And he sends out a weekly email of just like weird stuff on the internet. Um, like he sent a video of a camera in a dishwasher, which is like 20 minutes long. And it comes on a Friday and it just like, sometimes I like, it sounds really odd because we're doing performance creative and you want to drive impact and all these things. But I think sometimes you, people are so obsessed with that, that, 
you need to be refreshing yourself and just be curious and trying new things and all that kind of stuff. And I think that email from him always sends me in a weird direction on creative and I learn something that might not necessarily have an impact on my work, but it's kind of inspiring and it keeps me fresh, I guess. Cool. So that's Brendan at Semirad, uh, the Facebook ads library and Dan Nelkin. How are we spelling Nelkin? N-E-L-K-E-N. Oh, I was one letter wrong. Um, <laughs> Wordle fail. Um, ben, we, oh, finally crystal ball time. Nearly forgot the crystal ball. What is coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think, you know, looking back of what everything we've talked about, like the number one thing I would get across is that what works today and the approach that we do today is probably not going to work in six months anyway. So you do need to have your crystal ball out. And you do need to constantly be testing. I think overall, I guess, you know, it's the rise of TikTok and the TikTokification, if that's a word, of kind of Facebook and it's it's an Instagram. And that's something to be aware of. And I think what that means for creative is, you know, there's a move into this kind of lo-fi approach, UGC content, much more creative focus than this kind of polished ad stuff. And that's kind of, I guess, the trend. Whether it drives performance, you know, on a mass scale, we're yet to see yet. But I think, you know, the way that Facebook and Instagram are changing what they're doing, it wouldn't surprise me if that's going to be the approach in six to 12 months time. But I think as an example, I'm working on a test at the moment with one of our clients where we're doing the polished ad versus the kind of UGC lo-fi version of it. And I think it's things like that where we'll learn, is this the direction? And even if it's not the direction now, it wouldn't surprise me if we revisit that test in six months time or 12 months time to see whether... That's where we're going. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Nest? So I am on LinkedIn and it's Ben-Rider44. Um, and then Nest is, um, you can find us at nestcommerce.co. Perfect. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on and explaining so much. I think you've been a marvellously reassuring voice uh, in the world of video and creative on Facebook ads, because I think a lot of people get quite scared of it or just stick with the same creative for 12 months. But I think you've made it seem really nice and straightforward, if a fair bit amount of work, to kind of up our game in that space. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. So a lovely run through there of what's working, what you should be testing in uh, video and graphics for your Facebook ads, including lots of tips that are going to save you time and save you effort as well. So if you've only got static images, go and get one of those really cheap programs or go and get a freelancer to tie them together into a mini video for you and then start testing what colors work, what messaging works and so forth. And don't be too clever keep those messages consistent across the whole of the ad, all those various constituent parts. Think of the graphics and the video in terms of how they're going to be seen by the actual user. So small, probably on a phone. And also one of the other things I thought was, was really clever, and I haven't heard many people talk about this, is add some motion, some exciting motion into those first three seconds, like the cup spilling on the sofa, for example. Now, you can get links to all that we just discussed there with Ben and everything, um, our notes rather, on the episode and the full transcript of the episode, all of that's at keepoptimizing.com. 
You can also use one of our special direct to episode links that I'm far too excited about, which to use that, you just go keepopt.com. So K-E-E-P-O-P-T.com forward slash whatever the number of this episode is. In this case, keepopt.com forward slash 103. And that will take you straight to the correct page for this episode on the website. And yes, we set that up for every single episode we've ever put out. So you can uh, use that to find information on all of them. Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so that you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Whilst you're on the website, you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar because as part of my mission to help you improve your Facebook ad marketing, I've invited all our specialists from this month to join us for a live Q&A session. That's going to be your chance to get your questions answered. To be part of that, just go to keepoptimizing.com and you will find out all the details. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then do check out the rest of our Facebook ad episodes. In this month, these five episodes, we are covering all kinds of angles on improving your Facebook ad creative, covering copywriting, empathy. Uh, we're doing deep dives into specific podcast, uh, sorry, podcast types, ad types like the founder story. Just scroll through the podcast um, episode list and um, have a look at what we've got that starts with the words Facebook. I think all of those will help you build on what you've learned in this episode. So pick the one that resonates with you. And please, please, please do tell your fellow marketers about the show. There's been a huge step change in what is and isn't working in Facebook in the last 12 months. So I really do want to help as many e-commerce marketers as possible to improve the performance of their marketing. So please do let them know we're doing this this month. Have a great week and make sure you listen to our next episode so I can help you even more to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.